How does the Beatles' first appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show, as well as the Rolling Stones' first U.S. performance at the Swing Auditorium in Southern California, relate to the Walkman, the iPod, and music as we know it today? Find out about all this and more on Full Circle Analog, the podcast hosted by Brad Blue, the man who, like many, was there through it all. The first and second British invasion, Bruce Springsteen, Elton John, and so, so many more. As well as sometimes me, Alec Blue his son and fellow lover of music, who comes on to provide a more modern perspective as well as learn about the past. Hello there, and welcome to our new podcast. My name is Brad. I'm the owner of Old Days, New Ways, Audio, Video, Photo. We digitize anything that's on tape or on celluloid, uh, print photos, negatives, Uh, to digital. Our real specialty is putting together your family legacy through all of those medium in an organized, cohesive format and manner. I'm near retirement age. Um, Ten years ago, I was laid off during the Great Recession from a job I'd had for 15 years working in shipping and receiving for a paint manufacturing plant. For that, for 15 years, I was in the pet industry. My in-law's side of the family were pioneers for health food for dogs and cats and were front runners in the pet industry. And then we moved on from that after the big box stores came and destroyed the ma and pa pet stores for the most part in Southern California and I believe across the United States. And then we, uh, <clears throat> I took a pivot and a friend of mine needed help moving his business and uh, we moved his paint manufacturing plant from El Monte to out in the Inland Empire in Southern California known as San Bernardino, if you're not familiar with the term Inland Empire. Um, But backing up a little bit, I graduated from university in the late 1970s. Uh, I was pre-seminary bound at the time. Um, When I came in as a sophomore from the junior college, but by the time I was a senior and ready to graduate, I was burnt out and and going to school for... All those years, high school and four years of college, I really didn't know what to do. I uh, then went through 30 years of two careers, as I just mentioned. Got a lot of experience um, in retail, a lot of experience in uh, manufacturing, in the corporate area. And behind all that was a love of originally electronics, electronics specifically that came out late 60s, early 70s, through the 70s and beyond when we grew up with the Beatles, the first British invasion, the second British invasion, otherwise known as progressive rock music. And that became the signature of our generation, really. I mean, a lot of things, the baby boomer generation. I was right behind the hippie part of that element. I was too young for 
you know, the Beatles, uh, seeing them in concert. Uh, but I was eight years old when the Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan show. Um, I was too young to go to Woodstock. I didn't really even know that Woodstock was going on until afterwards and watching the movie in the theaters like everybody else. I was turned on to many bands that I'd never heard of before. I grew up with uh, the early days of FM radio here in Southern California. Freeform radio, FM, first of all, was in stereo. Uh, The Beatles we first heard about on AM radio in Southern California, KHJ and KRLA. Um, But FM was now in stereo, so we started getting stereo components, uh, receivers, speakers, turntables, cassette decks. Some of us had reel-to-reel decks, depending on what your budget was and what your interests were. But back then, it was enjoying vinyl records as they came out. And we would listen to music for hours and hours and hours, like I would imagine today's generation is gaming or just hanging out on social media. Um, It was music back then. And TV shows. We only had so many channels. We didn't have cable. Matter of fact, back then, cable was... You got cable when you couldn't get TV reception from Mount Wilson here in Southern California. Um, So from that point on, uh, in the late, oh gosh, mid-70s, was when I got my first sound system. Uh, I got a Kenwood amp, a Kenwood uh, tuner, an Akai cassette deck, uh, Techniques turntable, and a couple KLH Research 10 speakers. Back then, it was cool to go to these stereo stores. There were record stores, first of all, and then they popped up everywhere. Every city had their own individual record stores. There weren't a whole lot of chains out. I know that uh, really the first one I remember was called the Warehouse, W-H-E-R-E, House, Warehouse. <clears throat> that was a chain uh that uh, put a challenge to the ma and pause, but uh, in Whittier, where I grew up, we had quite a few of those stores that we could uh, go to to buy records or just hang out. You know, it was just cool to hang out. And uh, there was a place in Whittier called Lovells that was really the uptown Whittier, which was a really cool place to go. <clears throat> so. Music was a big part of my life. Church was a big part of my life. I was very active in church. I um, would say those were the two biggest influences in my life. Singing and choir, that was the extent of my uh, music participation besides being a listener. I was in church choir and I loved singing harmony, reading music, learned how to read music um, and sing in harmony. I learned how to sing harmony by listening and imitating the records that I grew up with, starting with Lennon and McCartney, probably singing Lennon's part most of the time because McCartney can sing so high, and I tend to be a bass and sometimes baritone, but uh, McCartney was a little out of my range. Uh, I especially connected with the second British invasion in the early 70s, the progressive-type music that came out from the likes of Jethro Tull and Genesis, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, Yes, and on and on and on. There, you know, you name it. There was so much music out by the mid '70s. It was just an exciting time to be a part of that. From the Beatles on, uh, 
through the Herman's Hermits and the Dave Clark Five and the Kinks and Chad and Jeremy, Peter and Gordon, all that stuff through the second British invasion. It was just a wonderful time to be alive. And then, of course, the Beatles broke up, which led to the expansion of the other music. We went to concerts throughout the 70s. Um, every band, Zeppelin, everybody. That Jethro Tull, uh, Queen, Yes, Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer, um, just dozens and dozens of concerts. It wasn't. It was hard to get tickets, but it wasn't impossible to get tickets. And uh, went to dozens of concerts through the 70s and into my college years. Graduated from college, and that's when it was time to grow up. And uh, I didn't really want to. I. Uh, just enjoyed partying and uh, listening to music. Um, had my stereo, took it with me to college, but it kind of took a back seat to other things that were going on. And I um, always loved my technology, though. I always kept my turntable, always kept my records, even though I didn't listen to them as much. By the time it got into the mid-'80s and even in, into the mid-'90s, I kind of was uh, disenfranchised from rock music. I liked a lot of music, but the 80s, a lot of the 80s stuff was like hard to grasp all the, you know, the electronica part of it, the uh, lighter uh, ideas. Um, the dancing started to appear. You know, we, we had to endure the disco through there in the 80s and 90s and our 70s actually 80s but um then the personal computer started to appear um i remember the first jolt i had with that was in the i think it was the late 70s the first apple computer the macintosh came out one of my friends uh my wife's best friend's husband bought one. They were expensive, and I remember it was like a DOS screen, as I later was told. And uh, the owner's manual, I exaggerate, but the owner's manual appeared to be about seven inches thick to this thing. And um, I, uh, that's, that's too difficult. you got to be a science major or uh, engineer to figure this thing out. Uh, by 2002, um, Windows, uh, several of my friends had computers, and uh, I, just, I we moved. We moved from Whittier to the Inland Empire, and I'd always prided myself in using the library, but uh, going into the public library here in the town that we moved to, I could not find anything on the computers basic stuff like famous authors Edgar Allan Poe William Shakespeare um, I just typed their names into the search box and hit enter and nothing no books no books no nothing and I was like uh-oh now what um, so I took a computer class at the local junior college. I was absolutely terrified to take a college class. I hadn't taken a college class since 1978, and this was 2003, I think, 2002, 2003. Um, 
I had a friend go with me to buy the first my first computer. It was Windows XP, you know, very twenty gigabyte hard drive computer. Um, the disk drive in it was only uh, for CD, and it had a floppy disk slot, an A drive. Um, and none of my friends could help me because nobody had Windows XP. I got Windows XP on New Year's Day 2002, and Windows XP had come out, I think, in the fall of 2001, and none of my friends knew how to use it. The interface was so different. So here I was, took this class, Introduction to Microsoft Office, and... uh, I learned computers from that one class, and I was fearless. It wasn't too long after that that I wanted to pick up where I left off years before in re-recording my vinyl records instead of to cassette tape like we did back in the day with my original sound system to convert vinyl records rather to CD. As I didn't want to spend eighteen to twenty-four dollars on a CD of an album that I already had, although the sound was quite different on CD than it was on vinyl, I still preferred vinyl, and I wanted to figure out a to cut down on some of the crackle and scratches, and at the same time be able to get that vinyl type sound on a CD, kind of a hybrid type of thing, and uh, did that. I, I went to, of all places, the Guitar Center here in San Bernardino, and a guy, a young guy set me up with what I needed. I hooked it up to my computer. Uh, miraculously, I was able to figure out, after downloading the software, how it worked, and I was off on this new adventure. And it was an adventure. I had no one to help me other than Fortunately, the young man who helped me purchase this stuff knew what he was talking about, and um, I still am using the basics of that equipment today, although the software we use is a little more sophisticated than it was in 2003, 2004. Um, As I was working in uh, shipping and receiving, I was... Uh, my friend, my coworkers were uh, a lot of them were long haul drivers, and uh, they caught wind of what I was doing and wanted to know if I could uh, convert some of their vinyl records uh, to CD because they were noting the expense of buying all these CDs, listening to them on the road. So it started kind of from there. I did my own records, um, learned how to get some of the scratches out but I my software I was using at the time wasn't really good at that it was good at converting uh, to digital but virtually I was like listening to a scratchy vinyl record on a CD disc which was kind of funky um, since then we've learned to use other software that is much better at cleaning up um, old records so what went from my own records to uh, going into uh, helping others at my job. Then I got laid off in 2008 during the Great Recession and uh, couldn't get a job anywhere. They weren't hiring 50-something-year-olds 
um, for anything. And I was getting kind of depressed and despondent. My two, two years of unemployment insurance had run out. And a friend of mine said, well, why don't you go into business uh, converting, you know, analog technology because you love it so. Um, I quickly learned that uh, I wasn't going to be able to make any money just doing <laughs> vinyl records to CD. So I bought the same software for video. I had some old VCRs laying around and uh, set that up. And lo and behold, the software was pretty much the same as my audio software was. And uh, after a short period of time, I just jumped in. You know, I, matter of fact, the first client I had, I really didn't know how I was going to uh, complete the order. It was uh, some home movies of the, her, her daughter uh, on an 8mm camcorder cassette tape, on analog tape. From there... The business moved into multiple directions. It's been an up and down uh, business. Uh, but what I really enjoyed was talking to my clients about their memories, their nostalgia, uh, growing up in the 60s and 70s, or being older and being the parents. Uh, you know, some of the clients were my parents' age. Uh, a lot of my clients are my age, you know, um, and hearing others talk about their upbringing, where they grew up, what their influences were, what their joys were, what their sorrows were. Um, as we moved into video, audio, and photo transfer and restoration. Um, I've been at this since 2010. can't believe I've been nine years this month. I'm sorry, ten years this month. Um doing this uh, for other people. We've done thousands of orders for customers over those years. Had some good times and some frustrating times. The hardest part of this business is the time factor and uh, what I call electronica. Electronica is when the handshake between hardware and software gets a headache and something goes wrong. And it's a lot of times it's one of those things that it doesn't jump out and tell you how to fix it. Um, and you learn how to mess with it and uh, how to uh, deal with it. And that's been a, a joy, but it can be quite a headache as well. Um, now we're moving into uh, online, trying to get away from some of the... Uh, grind, if you will, of, uh, you know, because you have to record things in real time. And when you're dealing with video, when you're converting video to digital from an analog source, that transfer process after just the transfer in real time is the uh, rendering process where it sorts it all out and makes it uh, e easy to watch on a flash drive, hard drive, or a disc. So uh, now we're passing on our knowledge to, uh, to those. Uh, we have a huge following in social media. Not huge, but it's getting bigger and bigger, few, several thousand. 
and we talk about the 60s and 70s. We talk about a lot of the things I'm talking about right now. But I've had um, a lot of uh, joy along the way. Um, I've had to jump into technology head on and uh, deal with the, ch the rapid changes in technology. When we grew up, electronics were you know, with you for years before there was any significant change. Now it's a matter of months. Um, but we got past the fear of computers. We got past the fear of hardware and software. We jumped in and we uh, learned how to deal with this stuff. And uh, I know there's a lot of you out there that um, could use help with either parts of just using your own computer, uh, using social media, um, maybe wanting to take on digitizing your own family memories yourself, um, whether it's audio, video, or photo. Or you're just generally nostalgic and like to remember the good times of the past. You know, the one thing that was never really figured out, I don't think we ever have, is, you know, there, either the, the time when you get married or you start having children, you take a lot of pictures. We did it back then when we had 35 millimeter or whatever Instamatic cameras. And today with our smartphones and the cameras and selfies and posting on the computer, social media, you know, you get to a point where you've got to organize this stuff. And that's where we come in because we've figured out how to do that. We, uh, we have... Uh, we're really good at doing it for you, or we can help you with it. Um, so, all on all different levels, from general computer knowledge to more technical audio, video, photo, to digital issues, to um, whatever it might be. Anyway, that is uh, my backstory, my journey, uh, overcoming um, many things to get to this point where I open my own business and love what I do. Um, and I like to pass that knowledge on to you. We're continuing to have our podcasts here covering various topics related to the 60s and 70s and gadgets, electronics, and whatever. We approach it from a layman's point of view, um, and, and that's the way I like it, and that's the way I understand it. I can read the manuals, but I can explain it in plain language. So we hope you enjoy these podcasts. We hope you'll stay with us, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, that's it for this episode of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We started Old Days New Ways to help people take their old audio and video tech and convert it to the digital age. If you're interested in getting that done or you want to keep up to date with all the awesome offers we have because we know that technology can be a daunting experience, you can go ahead and check us out at www 
O-D-N-W-S.com. That's our website, and our two main tabs are Book Now and Learn How. Learn How is our up-to-date offers on how you can learn modern technology, and Book Now is where you can schedule appointments with us to help get your technology transferred to the modern age. So thanks for listening. Tune in next time.